Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, to be fair, though, I don't even listen to most of mine. I don't like hearing my voice. So I'm much more likely. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> don't listen to yeah, your own voice. It's so weird. I'm much more likely to listen to yours than to mine. But the one where Eric goes really. Like Hollywood actors, we do not enjoy our own performance. We do it solely for the entertainment of our I, listeners. I, I really hate listening. Because also, but I think it's also because the voice that you hear yourself say sound, always sounds so much better than the voice that's actually being heard by everybody else. Correct. Like, my inner voice is fantastic. Yeah. You sound like Morgan but, Freeman inside. Outside, you sound like Albert. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome on, welcome on to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore. And here in Albie's Arena, we always have been bringing a multitude of guests on to talk about the Texas Tech men's basketball team. And we're bringing on a very special guest this time. I, you, I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He's pretty under the radar. You know, not a lot of people have heard him. That's You know, you may have even heard him. We have our podcast. And his name, his wonderful name, is the People's Champ, Jeremy Gillen. That's right. Jeremy's back on the podcast because I couldn't get anybody else. What's going on, Jeremy? <laughs> Oh, well, once again, overjoyed to be back on this podcast with you, Albert. Every time feels like the first time for me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was a little joking about everybody else. I was going through the, you know, I've been going through all our guests and everything like that, and I was um, I was really like, man, yeah, there's a couple people I could get for this week, but eh, I don't want to. <laughs> Let me get up Jeremy and see if he wants to come back on. <laughs> uh, Would that have changed had we have won this game? No, no, because this was I. Okay. I had to, that no, makes no, no, me no. feel good. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have changed. I. I was. I'm pretty sure I hit you up before this game. Um, I don't remember now. I don't know. Probably. Maybe. But I, yeah, I had it for the last few days, even before a couple of days before I hit you up. I was like, yeah, we're, I'm just gonna bring Jeremy on. I don't want to. I don't want to talk to anybody else. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> so that's how you know we're a good pod. That's, that's right. That's right. So Texas Tech, um, they can only be categorized right now. February 4th, as we're recording, as, oh, no, we suck again. <laughs> like that that episode, uh, that thing on Waterboy. Um, you know, oh, no, we suck again. Now, obviously, I'm being hyperbolic because everybody in the fan base is being hyperbolic. Texas, if, for those that don't know, Texas Tech has lost two straight games, a loss at TCU and then home against Cincinnati. The sky is falling. It's the worst thing that's ever happened to Texas Tech basketball program in, in our history because the team that was atop the Big 12 Conference has lost two straight games. This has never happened before that we've lost two straight games. And so, therefore, everything sucks, sinks. We're not a tournament team. We are, you know, everybody is awful. Jeremy, do you follow the same sentiment? No, I do not. I don't. I don't. And I don't. I understand the grief. I do encourage people to think, hey, man, this is the Big 12. If you thought you were going to not lose games, you're nuts. You obviously haven't been a fan for very long, and you're obviously not remembering how last year was. Yeah. 
we, we, we're doing pretty good this year for a, with a first-year head coach. This is a tournament team. We're still on bracketology. Nobody's doubting Texas Tech's tournament. It's all about where they're going to seed. And so it's like, we'll be in the tournament. I, I don't doubt that. I would love to run the table and win the Big 12 in McCaslin's first year. I also don't know the last time a first-year head coach won the Big 12. So we need to temper our expectations. <laughs> well, also, like, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that we need to temper our expectations because I do think that it's good to be optimistic. It's good to feel confidence in the team and all that stuff. But I also, at the same time, like, let's not be overreactionary. Let's not be hyperbolic, like, right? Like, the thing about it is, is that at the end of the day, we lost two games in a row. And, and shout out to Jacob Harris. I, I you know, I was, I, I put out a voice, uh, tweet that he's the vo- always the voice of reason because he really is a lot of the times. Now he's also, I mean, we had Steven on a few weeks ago. He's also Jacob's also a very optimistic person. He's for the most part is going to bleed red and black, and and he's always going to have a favorable view of things. But he, at the very least, one thing I love about Jacob, he's going to give you some of the Texas Tech historical facts when he's going to be optimistic. And he brought up a great point. 20, uh, 2017, the team that went to the Elite Eight lost four games in a row. 2018, the team that went to the, uh, or sorry, I got my years mixed up, but the Elite Eight team went, went, lost four games in a row. And the Final Four team, the National Championship runner-up, lost three games in a row, right? Those teams had bad losses. We're going to talk about the Cincinnati game here in a little bit. The Cincinnati game was a bad loss. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no way to categorize it any differently. It's a bad loss. This is a Cincinnati team that is right now fighting for the bubble. We're at home on a Saturday. The crowd was there. Um, Carter wasn't very into it like we've known, but a team didn't really give him many reasons to be into it. Uh, but the crowd was there. This was a game that should have been a win, should have made us feel a lot better about ourselves after TCU, and we didn't. It was a bad loss. This is also the first bad loss of the season. We've, we've had four other losses that were not that bad. The other four losses at TCU, at Houston, um, at DePaul, and a tournament game against Villanova, those were not bad losses, right? This was a bad loss. But that one Butler, bad... you said DePaul, sorry, Butler. Butler, sorry, Butler, not DePaul. Um, Midwest team that nobody cares about, but, uh, Butler. Uh, but um, those were not bad losses. This is our first bad loss of the season, and yes, it stings, but I actually tweeted this out. We would need about three or four more bad losses to even be put on the bubble, right? Like, that. this doesn't, this is not the sky is falling. This is not, oh, well, you know, are we even a tournament team? That's ridiculous, like... Talk to me in about two, three weeks if we ra- ra- uh, rally off a myriad of losses such as this. Then we can start talking about, ooh, man, this may be a bubble team. But if you remember last year, as bad as last year's season was, as bad as it was, we were in fe- mid-February thinking, man, can this team make it to the tournament? That's, I, rem- I remember this. After they had beaten Texas um, and they had lost won four out of their six last year, they were 14-12. and 12. And we started being a question of a bubble team. Then we won two more games. We were 16-12. and 12. And we were, if I remember correctly, we were on the bubble. As bad as last year was. As terrible as last year was. At the time, we were 5-10 and 10 in conference. 5-10 and 10 in conference. And it was, we were doing the countdown. We said, if Tech can get two more conference wins, we probably make the tournament. As bad as the season was. So take last year, at that moment last year, and, and compare it to this year. To ask if we're even a tournament team, it's a bad question. It's a terrible question at this moment. Now, don't talk to me in, in three weeks if we've rallied off six losses in a row. Then that's a completely different thing. But as of right now, there was, there, no, there's not a question whether or not we're a good team. Right now, we're still in it. And I'm not saying this is a team that is the best team in the Big 12, but we're still in it and they're running for the conference title. Now, whether you think we're going to actually do it or not is a different story. But we're still in that running. 
So that question of his tournament team, that's just ridiculous. Well, and, you know, people like to... Oh, living in the moment has its its ups and downs. I think that it's a very good thing to be present. I also think it's a very unwise thing to assume that what you're feeling now is eternal. Um, so you look at... I like to use the Haslametrics as kind of a base level of where are people that could give two nothings about Texas Tech? What are they thinking about? How are their formulas getting to this? You know, what are they saying about our, our program? Right now, Haslametrics, uh, first of all, we have not lost as many games as they, as they predicted us to, which is fantastic, especially over this last five-game stretch. Uh, we're three, and, we're two and three. Uh, but we got that win against BYU, right? Pretty just lose. And we got a win against Oklahoma, big one. <clears throat> so that's great. And the rest of the games that we have, uh, what, nine games left? Um, three, six, nine, ten, ten games, whatever it is. Three losses. They only predict three more losses. I would take that. Three, three losses, <laughs> nine losses. wins, or whatever. I mean, Baylor, Kansas, and the Kansas one is predicted to be a one-point loss. And then Iowa State, Iowa State. After that, I mean, you beat UCF, TCU, UCF again. You get you get to beat Texas, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. Is this updated? Victory. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I know, dude. And so I'm looking, I'm like, wow, that's impressive. But the point is, is that they're looking at the trends, right? Yeah. And so um, they're looking at, like, what is Texas Tech getting better at? And even though we see back-to-back losses, like Texas Tech, adjusted efficiency and stuff all the metrics are going up and so it's like the stock market you just got to trust this process well, you know you're going to win some you're going to lose some do you think people would feel a lot differently had we lost to oklahoma but beat cincinnati Ooh. because to me to me they oklahoma. just cancel out right <laughs> like the oklahoma win on the road was a very good win very good win this is a bad loss. Yeah. So they just kind of they just kind of cancel out like this. As they kind of e- cancel out. It was as equally as good a win to win on the road against Oklahoma as it was a bad loss to lose at home to Cincinnati. I would argue it was equal. So you know, back to square one, I guess. Back to square one. So back to the back to not being. We're not at the bottom of the big. We're not Oklahoma State. Like we're doing okay. Yeah, like, yeah. This is the Big Twelve. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at the table, we're all kind of like jostling for. We're jostling for the top. It's an incredible place to be for a first-year coach. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about this week. We've kind of buried the lead a little bit. Let's talk about this week. So starting off with the game at TCU. It was a game that I predicted I predicted we would lose. Um, and kind of the game went about how I thought it would. I mean, this is – the TCU is a very good team. They're a tough, hard-nosed team, and that was a game. And actually, Norris tweeted it out at the end of it. Um, our friend of the pod was that toughest team won, and it was TCU. And TCU was the tougher team. Um, they held the lead for much of the second half, right? They kind of kept us at bay between a uh, anywhere between a three point to a ten point lead all throughout the second half. Every time it looked like Tech was gonna, you know, get close and make and and do something to make a run, TCU would just uh, spell it out. And a lot of it, TCU was making shots, man. I tell you, they were making shot after shot, especially. Uh, uh, Tennyson, Tennyson had 23 points in that game, and people we all know Micah Peavy. Micah Peavy made four threes in this game, and I'm like, but you ain't never ever acted like this before. <laughs> Micah Peavy was it, it, every time he touched the ball. Excuse me, every time he touched the ball, I felt like he could not miss. He would grab the ball and he would just go and and, and or cur- come off a curl, easy three, hand in the face, not in the face, didn't matter. Felt like he couldn't miss. Tennyson, same thing. 
both of those guys were kind of killers for us uh, in a way. And, and if those guys are hitting those shots like they're hitting them, despite Chance McMillan once again having a great game, he had 19 points, and Pop Isaac's going for 25, nobody, not a lot else happening there, and, and we're going to get beat by a pretty big front court, and that, and that kind of ended up reigning true later in the week, but a big front court kind of did us in a little bit in that TCU game. Yeah, I don't hate that. I think Texas Tech played really well in a TCU game. But we got out toughed under the basket, which yeah. is my main. I'm upset about that. And here's another thing is TCU shot outrageously good, outrageously better than they usually do. Micah Peavy, like, does not shoot that well from three. The guy could have made four for four. Yeah. Couldn't miss. And I have people, I had people I was tweeting out like, hey, wow, incredible, you know, don't think this is about, you know, TCU shot better than they ever have this year, blah, blah, blah. And this guy, this TCU burner was like, what are you talking about? Tennyson's the best shooter in the Big 12. I'm like, Tennyson isn't even the top five. He's not even top 10. He had an amazing night. Like, both can be true. He's not the best shooter. Had an amazing night. And so, you know, if you take away, like, they were shooting uncharacter- uncharacteristically good. Um, it was the rebounding. And rebounding has been an issue all mm-hmm. season for us that we really don't have aggressive under the basket. And I actually, for maybe a couple years now, we haven't had an aggressive under the basket presence to like play bully ball uh, and get rebounds. It, it just, it's hard to watch some of these that you feel like if you just go up and challenge for it, yeah. right? So they don't feel like it's in, it's so easy for them. It's been well, hard. It's, it's been a lot hard. of the That's times, the part. a lot of times rebounding, it seems like it's three on one. You have three of the other team and just one Washington. He's the only one trying to rebound by himself. And that's what a lot of times it feels like. And they're like, oh, well, he's seven foot. He got it. And yeah, he has it a lot of the times, but a lot of the times he doesn't. And you're getting, you're giving up these offensive rebounds to these teams pretty often, pretty consistently. Um, in this game, TCU had 12 offensive rebounds. That's a lot. That's a lot of offensive rebounds. And the game against Cincinnati, Cincinnati had 17 offensive rebounds. Right? Um, and uh, that, you could argue that's one of the things that did us in. We were talking about turnovers as well in the TCU game. Uh, TC, uh, Texas Tech had 13 turnovers in that game. We've said the keys having less than 10. You know who had less than 10? TCU, only nine turnovers in the game. Right? And so that stuff like that, it's, that's, these losses are going to pile up if we continue to turn the ball over and we cannot get rebounds. Well, I'll tell you something else that's been interesting lately is the personal fouls. I feel like Warren Washington has gotten himself into a lot of trouble lately. And also, I mean, good on other teams for kind of identifying, but like, hey, Warren Washington is a main facilitator for them, especially in the paint. And so I feel like teams are starting to really go after Washington. Smart. Um, that's that's not going to change. That's right? It's not going to like, oh, you know what? They had a couple of losses. We'll take it easy. Like, no, every team's going to go – now we need to key up on Washington and get well, him in trouble. Not just him. Darren Williams also was in foul trouble. So you are two quote-unquote big guys, and Darren Williams isn't the biggest guy, but he plays like one, were in foul trouble the entire game, right? And, oh, Lord Jesus. I, and I, I usually don't spend too much pod time talking about this. This week was not the best week for refereeing. Uh, in the Big 12. This was, I don't... Across the board, no. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and I don't, and I'm not saying this was like Texas Tech was one-sided at all because, you know, and I know Tech fans will feel like it was very one-sided um, in the game against TCU and in the game against... I actually found out Cincinnati fans were actually pretty upset about the refereeing too, which I was like, really? Hmm, interesting. Uh, but, <laughs> but in the Tech-TCU game especially, I was like, no, this is bad refereeing in general. Uh, against Tech, against TCU, there were some plays where I'm like, man, that should have been a foul call than us. Right, and there were some plays flip side where they should have been fouls called against them, like, or, or vice versa. Man, there's y'all ain't, y'all ain't calling that, or y'all are calling that. Like, what's it was inconsistent in, the ref, in both games against against CCU and Cincinnati, wildly inconsistent. 
uh, times where I'm like, what is going on here? And in both games, McCaslin, dang near having to get a tech himself because he's, it's ridiculous. It took him, against Cincinnati, took the whole first half for him to call a three-second violation. Finally, in the second half, they called it right versely in the first possession, and I'm pretty sure it's because McCaslin said something. Guess what? Uh, ben Dalgo stopped doing it. Yeah, it's, it's that simple. It's that simple. You call it, they'll stop doing it. But you know what they weren't calling is hacks. And in both games, I thought Warren Washington was getting hacked like crazy, and it didn't, didn't matter. And, what, and for your Warren Washington, I saw a, a possession. We're going to talk about the Cincinnati game here in a little bit. But I saw the possession again in Warren Washington where he um, goes up, gets swacked, no call, no problem, goes the other side, clean block, it's a foul. And if you're Warren Washington, you're like, what the hell can I do? Like, what the hell can I do? Now, again, you know, and oh, those, those seal screens they were doing, it was a foul every single time. Every single time. It was a foul. Now, I think Cincinnati fans are complaining because for Tech, there were a couple times where uh, there was one. We, we didn't do seals nowhere in the air as often as they did. But there was a time where there was a foul on us, too. And I'm, I'm willing to say that, yeah, you know what? You're right. That was a foul. Um, but, like, because, like, call it. If it's a, it's a foul, call it. No, stop doing it. Control the game as a referee, as a former referee. I know you, as a referee, you control the game. you got to control the game or games get out of control. And sometimes in the Cincinnati game, I kind of felt like this game is a little out of control. It's a little wonky. Yeah, you can see it on the guys' faces too. Just kind of the the defeat of like I, I don't know what else I can do. Yeah. No, absolutely. So let's talk about the Cincinnati game. So the Cincinnati game, Tech ends up losing this one also, seventy five seventy two. Um, you know, I would go through the game before, but I mean, I kind of already told you what happened. So seventy five seventy two in a game that Tech should have won. We were the better team. We, we are the better team. Let me rephrase. We are the better team. Now, whether or not we played like it is up to discussion, but we are the better team, right? However, Cincinnati came. They also have a seven-footer, uh, Aziz Bandalgo, and him and Warren Washington had a battle all game long, unfortunately, right? Because I do think WW is a better player than Bandalgo, but Bandalgo gives you the size that Warren hasn't had to deal with really all year long, right? And so not only that, you're dealing with Bandalgo, you're dealing with um, a Victor Lacken, Right, so Victor Lacken is six seven six eleven in his own right, right, and you're dealing with um, Reynolds, who also is Jamil Reynolds, who's also a bigger guy as well. He's also six eleven. So this is Cincinnati arguably has the biggest front court in the entire Big Twelve. So this is new for us, and because of that, shout out to, to Grant McCaslin for saying, you know what, Robert Jennings, or, or uh, this is your time. This is your time. This is the time where we knew it was going to happen. We knew there was going to be a time where we are going to need you, and this is your time. And he stepped up to the plate so much so that I'm like, you know, we don't have a lot of big guys. Robert Jennings not the biggest, but he proved that he can make it do. He had 14.6 rebounds in this game, four offensive rebounds, right? He played really well against this bigger lineup, and I'd like to see more of Robert Jennings, uh, but that was the case there. Pop Isaacs had, a, had a, struggled from the field, 22 points, but off of 19 shots. Not great. Cincinnati, I think, came into this with a very good game plan. We are going to use and abuse Pop Isaacs. He was getting, that's what I'm talking about, referee. He was getting beat up, straight up beat up, doubled all throughout the game, beat up. And Pop Pop isn't going to, you know, his game isn't to like, oh, well, let me, you know, let somebody. Now, his game is so you're going to beat me up. I'm, I'm going to attack even harder. But we were missing shots at the rim. We were missing easy, you know, bunnies. Some of shots, uh, Pop's floaters weren't going in. And other than Robert Jennings, 
nobody was really there to help him. I mean, Warren Washington was also fighting his own battle with Bandalgo. Darren Williams didn't have the best game as well as he was fighting in there. Uh, Chance McMillian also struggled uh, when he was coming in. Joe Toussaint was in foul trouble the whole game. Nobody really was there to help pop and, and, and really pop at all. And then Robert Jennings was really the only guy that had a good game at all. So the fact that we were all, like, the fact that we were up with 30 seconds to go was kind of mm. amazing to me. Cause I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, how is that even possible? The fact, yeah. Oh my goodness. And it, the game just felt, it was just a, I, and let me tell you this much, like Cincinnati has fought all season. Like I, I think Cincinnati's a team that said, you know what, big 12, let's do it. And they, I mean, they're fighting for the bubble and all that, but they have given teams hell. Um, they have given the Big 12 teams hell. And so, absolutely bullying. Uh, I'm not uh, I, I'm not surprised people are starting to double-team pop. That's fine. Because you know what? In my mind, it's like, okay, we've got other shooters around him. But the problem this game was, when nobody's really making shots, that doesn't matter. And then I think Pop realized that as well. Because Pop has been a pretty decent facilitator throughout this season. It's not like he's like playing very selfish ball or anything. He's not like Mac McClung. He's very much like, hey, going to do what we can for the team to win. This game, and some Cincinnati fans pointed out, I was like, hey, is this, you know, is Pop kind of a jerk? Or, you know, he just seems so pissed off. I'm like, I feel like he's pissed off because his teammates aren't having an on night. And it's pretty much all on his back. And he's just getting bullied for it. And so it's so hard to watch this team when we, when we play cohesively when we play the ball that we've seen us play together we can dominate some teams out there and cincinnati is a team that we should dominate but because you know and there's this this word of like ah you know some of the team is sick they're playing with the flu all these things that's i mean that's certainly like if if we've got players that are playing through illness especially if it's something as tough as the flu like we're not michael jordan so it's going to affect the game um so what that, even, what i mean what you do know, you think about that do you think they had the flu the hell am I supposed to know? I'm not a doctor. <laughs> you know, I'm not out there putting a I, thermometer. I will say this, because there is rumors that there was rumors before the game, so it's not like something that we're just making an excuse of. There was rumors before the game. The flu had been going around the players and the coaches and stuff like that. And then after the game, a lot if you watch the game, a lot of us were like, hmm, the team as a whole didn't really play like we expect them to play. And maybe this maybe it was just Cincinnati, maybe it was whatever. And then you know, some people, some you know, including Pop's dad basically tweeting like, "No, they had the flu." Like that's a almost a concern of uh, 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 matter-of-factly like, "Yes, they had they were sick." I come from the um, notion that if you're playing, it doesn't matter. Right? Like, that's that's how I look at it. You can't use being hurt, being sick, being any of that as an excuse once you get on the court. Right, I, that's that's kind of how I look at it. But I will say, they did look sick. <laughs> they it's, did worth look, it's worth considering, especially in Joe Toussaint's case. The past couple of games, he's just looked un, un, yeah, unbeneath sure. himself. For sure, no no dribbling proficiency, no nothing like that. He just looked completely different. Yeah, and so you'd look at that, and I'm like, okay, maybe he's dealing with something uh, that's affecting his game. Yeah, I would say with them being sick, I think the only thing that I would say make it to where it's something to keep noteworthy isn't necessarily of the game. Because like I said, the, the game, it is what it is. If you're sick, you're playing. It doesn't matter. But it's more so judging the team going forward, right? Like that's yeah, where true. I look at the sickness. Because if I if I know for a fact that they were sick in this game against Cincinnati and even against TCU, I'm like, okay, yes, they were sick. So because they're sick – I still have a, a good like I still look at the rest of the schedule and say yeah maybe they do go for the rest of the schedule seven and three because they were sick in these last last game and a half or whatever so they're going to be able to do it but if they weren't sick then maybe you look at the next ten games and say hmm seven and three 
It's pretty optimistic. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of how I look at it when it comes to that sickness there. Yeah. Well, and also let's. Uh, Cincinnati loses the next two games and look pretty uncharacteristic. Hey, we know what's going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah exactly. <laughs> they got a little too close to our boys. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good point. So I will say you did bring up one thing about Cincinnati because they are a bubble team. Yo, shout out. I want to say uh, two teams. Two teams specifically. Coming into this year, we knew Houston was going to be Houston. We knew they were going to fight for the Big 12 title. We knew they were going to fight for a national championship. We, we knew. I was a little skeptical, but we did know they were supposed to be. BYU was supposed to be good. Right, though I was a little skeptical, I'm still kind of skeptical. We knew they were going to be pretty good BYU coming into the season. Two teams that were not supposed to be good, we even made fun of at their expense, was UCF and Cincinnati. Neither team was supposed to be good. UCF was supposed to take a few years. They were supposed to be like TCU when they first got into the Big Twelve in basketball. It was going to take a few years for them to get good for UCF. Shout out to both of those programs for year one in the Big Twelve, stepping up to the plate and saying, you know what? somebody's going to have to be the doormat, and it's not going to be us. Thank you. Okay. Amy. <laughs> Thank you, Oklahoma State. <laughs> Cincinnati so, hasn't lost to a Big 12 team by more than five points. Yeah. They've kept everyone close. And the fact that everybody except for Oklahoma State in this conference is between six and three and three and six, that's in, through, through halfway through the um, – uh, halfway through or somewhat halfway through the conference slate is amazing. That is amazing. Like – West Virginia is in 13th place, and they're only three games back of Kansas yeah. and Houston. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's wild. This is a crazy conference. Like four, that means that 14 te- or 12 teams of the 14 teams still have their eyes set on a potential big tournament berth. I, I I don't see us. There's not a scenario where Oklahoma State or West Virginia make the tournament, but the other 12 teams, right, are all still fighting for it. UCF probably has the longest road to fight, but UCF, you're four and five in the Big 12. Who who's gonna deny them? A, a team that's right there, you know. Usually, like I said, usually in the Big Twelve, if you're seven and eleven, that's usually the border where you can usually get in, right? Eight and ten is almost a, a guarantee. There's a good shot UCF may end up eight and ten in this conference, which is pretty amazing, um, to say the least. So, with that, um, another thing that's truly amazing is the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, and because the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, you know that we have to talk about. Our sponsors, one of our sponsors, brought that this podcast is brought to you by, and that is Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle Clothing Company is based out of Kansas City, so they're going to be doing all types of Super Bowl festivities, Super Bowl stuff. And I'm sure to celebrate for the Super Bowl, make sure to go to charliehustle.com, get you some Pat Mahomes gear, get you some Chiefs gear, and get you some Texas Tech gear. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best dressed fan this season, so check out their wide selection of officially licensed apparel today. Show off that Chiefs fandom if you got it. Or the Texas Tech Scorpio Spirit all season long, all year long as we come to the end of that season. With uh, plenty to choose from, they'll have you covered with all your collegiate and pro needs. Shop today at charliehustle.com using our promo code 101215. That is T-E-N-1215. Good for 15% off of all non-sale items. Use our promo code 101215 at charliehustle.com today. Charlie Hustle, vintage, made, fresh. Uh, You got any plans for the Super Bowl? Oh, you know, I'm going to watch it, make some uh, tasty snacks, and not really care what happens. I am interested. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I'm interested in. I've put my tin. I've avoided it as long as possible. I'm finally putting my tin foil hat on, and I, there's all these people who are like, I know the script for the Super Bowl, and they're talking about like the all these like you know bet lines and what the game's going to end at. The one I am most interested in 
is the one that's like pissed off the most unreasonable amount of people this year for no reason is that th- there is this rumor that Travis Kelsey is going to propose to Taylor Swift <laughs> during the Super Bowl, which I would feel is very weird in general. Oh, weird. Supposed to stay focused. <laughs> stay focused, man. Yeah. But like, if it happens, I'm going to, uh, hey, maybe some people are, maybe some. Are you going to bet on that? Maybe some PSYOP stuff going on. No, oh, I ain't got no money. Uh, are you going to bet on that? <laughs> Can I use the podcast money? Yeah, Just absolutely. all of it in one bet. Absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm reporting you to, to prop bet you as. The, the first pod after Super the Super Bowl. All right, so we are broke. Please <laughs> donate to the Please Patreon. <laughs> Fix um, my gambling issue. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I think the whole Taylor Swift discourse is is ridiculous. Um, who cares? Who and did cares? you see Shayhan's tweet about like? I remember when people were pissed off that oh, uh, Britney I, Spears was no, dating I, Tony Romer. Or no, whatever. it was a. Uh, um, oh Jessica no, Simpson. not Britney Spears. Jessica Simpson. Jessica Simpson. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean he's kind of right. Mean, people were, but people, people, because cowboy fans were very, like she's ruining him. She's the reason why he can't stay focused. Yeah, she's, you know, yeah. this, that, and the other. Hey, if I had Jessica Simpson, I wouldn't be focused. Either. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. He was still good. He just wasn't, you know. Well, so what's the Dax excuse? <laughs> That's Dak and Romo. <laughs> Whoa, we're not going down to that one. <laughs> Dak and Romo are virtually the same player. So if that's if Romo was, you know, had his, what's what's you know, oh. You know, too much time in the massage. I did. <laughs> oh, it's not Deshaun Watson. Um, so. Uh, oh no, that's right. <laughs> I, you know, I am gonna be. I, I do. I do got my home shirt ready to go. You know, being up here in uh, Pennsylvania, I when I went to the Super Bowl party last year, I couldn't really spell my favoritism too much. Like the, I went to two Super Bowl parties, and both of them I couldn't really. Full of Eagles fans out here, so I couldn't necessarily say how much I was rooting for the Chiefs, and I don't hate the Eagles either. So. I was like, ah, whoever wins, wins, right? Like, if the Chiefs win, great. My boy Pat got another ring. If the Eagles win, I get to go to a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl party. And that's kind of, or a uh, Super Bowl parade, sorry. And that's kind of how I felt about the Ravens Chiefs last week. Because I'm like, because Baltimore is also not too far from me. So I'm like, all right, cool. If the Ravens win the Super Bowl, I get to go to a Super Bowl parade. If Pat wins, then I, you know, another ring for Patty. And so, but now that it's Chiefs 49ers, I don't have to hide my favoritism. I'm going to these Super Bowl parties very chiefed out, right? Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. I already told these little kids over at, you know, in church this morning, kids ministry, hey, if you ain't with us, you're against us, you little gremlin. <laughs> <The> de- <laughs> you know who the devil supports? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Are you with so, God or not? <laughs> are you, with, you know, Pat is, Mahomes is, you know, so... Stand on your business. That's right. Who here likes uh, Taylor Swift? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> the kids love yeah. the, the kids love some Taylor Swift. Let me tell you something. The kids, the kids love Taylor. The kids. Love My Taylor. godson, when he's in the car, like fussy. Put on Taylor Swift. It's it's gone. I don't get it. Well, my first question would be, why are you putting on Taylor Swift? Um, no, Swifties that are listening to this, I was just joking, completely joking. Please do not come <laughs> after me. Just, just I was thinking, let's put on Disney jams, and his dad was like, no, man, I, this is weird, <laughs> but trust me. <laughs> oh. He was driving to Costco with a baby in the back listening to Taylor Swift. It's not a weird day in Lubbock. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, get pulled over for no reason. Um, so the next two games that Texas Tech has are at Baylor, so at Baylor on Tuesday night, um, and then home against UCF. Right, so very actually, you know, it's funny. Very similar setup to what we just had, uh, where we're at a Texas ranked Texas-based school, 
and then home against a freshman four newcomer who is doing surprisingly well. So starting off with that game against Baylor, Jeremy, what are your what are your initial thoughts? You know, Baylor's been playing really well this season. I love that. First of all, Scott Drew getting a <laughs> Ejected. Uh, it's one of the funniest things that happened in college or in, in, in college basketball this year, um, and also just a testament to how whack the Big Twelve refs are. I'm so thankful that uh, Brett Yormark was at that game. Um, maybe he can have some say about getting some more uh, more battle worn guys in there. But I think uh, Baylor had that kind of rough streak. They lost against Kansas State, then Texas, then TCU, and everybody was thinking, ah, you know, Baylor's kind of falling apart. But here's the thing. That Big 12 teams are resilient. Scott Drew is no fool. You know, they bounced back against a big win against UCF, but an even bigger win uh, last night against Iowa State, uh, 70-68. Huge win for them, resiliency down the court. They almost lost. If Iowa State was – if they had .2 more seconds left on the clock, Baylor loses that game. Yep, yep. It was – the buzzer beater was too late. Um, so it doesn't matter, but it was a cool, cool thing about Baylor's a good team. Baylor is not a team that anybody's looked at and said, not good. I figured they would be at the top half of the conference by the end. I don't know if they were going to fight for the big 12 this year or not, but it's a top half team for me. So this is going to be hard, even though the new, like the, their basketball center is trash and super small and weird. Um, still a good team. And so I'm worried about that one. My hope is, is that they're going to be looking kind of ahead to the Kansas game. Um, doubtful but like that the hope there is because like it's probably a top 10 matchup for them um yeah not a top 10 matchup top 25 matchup kansas would be eighth or whatever they're probably six uh come come monday uh come the, the ap poll but that's a good one i'm glad that we get to follow it up with ucf um but i don't want to get us stuck in kind of a trap mode of like putting all our energy towards baylor and then not like not respecting ucf because ucf will like you said they're going to take they're going to take advantage of that so it's kind of an interesting, if we can get back on the upswing here, that's going to be super important before we uh, have Kansas come in on the 12th. Yeah, so Baylor has, it's another team with, uh, has some size, right? E, uh, Missy, Eve's Missy, of uh, another another African, you know, you got to watch them, you got to watch us. Um, but uh, Eve's Missy from Cameroon, seven foot, true seven footer. Um, there and he, he averages ten points a game, but really it's a lot in putbacks. Big rebounding. Warren Washington's going to have his hands absolutely full because he's going to be really close to the basket. He was Missy Will. They have another Jalen Bridges, who has been there for a long time. We, we've we've heard of Jalen Bridges' name uh, quite a bit. A six nine senior, um, as well as Josh uh, Ojanuona. I always get his name wrong. I've said it like five times this week. Uh, Josh OJ? Josh OJ. I like it. Uh, <laughs> a Nigerian 6'10 guy. So, like, Baylor is big on the front court. We've struggled the last two games against big guys. I do think, though, our, our Grant McAllen is going to go to the tape, figure out what we're going to need to do to offset that. I see more Robert Jennings minutes in this game against Baylor. Um, I want more Robert Jennings minutes. Yeah, I, I, I would love more Robert Jennings minutes. One thing that was interesting, I don't know if you noticed this, Jeremy, um, in the game against Cincinnati, you know who got minutes? A player that I yes. don't think got minutes. I don't know if he's got minutes all year long. He's oh, he said he's played in eight games, I guess. I don't remember him. Um, but the uh, uh, Yalaho got on the ball court for like two minutes, was able to run around a little bit, get some exercise, and then um, uh, the finish fine player 
sat back down. But, I, you know, a part of me wonders if Yalaho is going to get more minutes than this one. Again, nice size that Baylor is. Though Baylor is has size, they're still guard heavy, like almost every Big 12 team, right? They still have, and they're led by their, oh, excuse me. They're led by their freshman phenom, Jacoby Walter, um, who is just, dude, the dude is balling. The dude is an NBA player. The dude is, he is a good player. Um, also, the senior, Ray J. Dennis, is also playing really well for them as well. But Walter is a guy that I, he's going to scare me. He's going to put up points. He's, he's just a guy you're going to have to worry about. Langston Love, also a very good guy you're going to have to worry about. A shooter, averaging almost 50% from, th- uh, from three. He just... Put it, like how they've been doing Carwin Walton and running him off threes is what we're gonna have to do to Langston Love because if he gets up, per, great form and his shot, great set shot right there, it's gonna be able to if he's open. Oh my goodness gracious, you okay? If he's open, he's gonna make the three. Um, <laughs> so uh, sorry everyone, the the screen froze on Jeremy's face and he had that weird O face and it was it was, threw me off. I'll but, give you I'll give you a. Breaking news when we when you finish a thought here. But yeah, no, that's just those are the guys. Though they have big size, they're not going to run their offense through their bigs, right? They're going to use their bigs for rebounding and and using that power. But they're still guard heavy. Langston Love's going to be a shooter. Uh, Walter's going to be that guy who's going to dribble up and penetrate and be the kind of their quote unquote Pop Isaacs, if you will. And they and, and you also have Dennis there. So uh, teams we've played before, but that doesn't make them any easier. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, we got ourselves a uh, a punter. We've just had Caden Turner uh, commit to Texas Tech. I think he's a pretty good punter, one of the best in the nation, actually, so that's kind of nice. Jeremy, don't, don't ever interrupt me for punter news. Uh, hey, man, listen here. <laughs> so? Listen here, man. Big, strong, athletic guy. Come on. We got – we. Just continuing this 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 rager of punters, but I like I like so my first thought here is that uh, Emilio Lajo, nationally a Finn, there's nothing Finnish about this boy, but um, I do like the thought that okay, so with with Baylor and the size that they have, um, we are so we, we we just talked about how Washington has been kind of struck, not struggling, he's by himself and he's by himself against teams that have more size are going to have much more much better rebounding opportunity having Robert Jennings step up in last game against Cincinnati was really important that's going to have to continue if we can get one more body out there I don't care if it's Yalahu or if it's you know um Toussaint actually feels a lot better and starts because Toussaint's not a bad rebounder it's just how aggressive is he feeling we need more guys under the basket the big killer this season is has been and will continue to be rebounding and we're allowing teams to get second hand, like second chance points. I, I would love to see the stat. We might give up some of the most second chance points in the nation. It feels like it. Um, eliminate that. And if you eliminate, if you like reduce that by a good margin, you put yourself in a competitive place because this team is pretty complete outside of that. It's the rebounding that's killing us. And you, you're going to face a lot of teams with a lot of good front courts. And so we need more guys helping out. Absolutely. So, Jeremy. It's time for your prize picks prediction. That's right. Prize picks. Make sure you go download the app. Up to a, You can deposit up to 100 bucks, and we'll do a 100% match on prize picks when you use our promo code. That's TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2, to get a 100% match. Super Bowl's coming next week, guys. I'm trying to win you free money. 
You know you like to do a prop bet on the Super Bowl. There's going to be some stuff there. Uh, like, likely, definitely some stuff there for Travis uh, uh, Kelsey. I, I doubt Price Pick's going to have something for you to bet on whether he's going to propose like Jeremy wants to. <laughs> uh, but How many yards will he get on his proposal knee? That's, One? One and a half? <laughs> that's, that's, um, but you, know, you won't be able to do that one. But you can bet on some props on Pat Mahomes, on Travis Kelsey, uh, if you want to be a loser and bet for the 49ers, be my guest. You know what's actually funny? Real quick, quick aside. I'm talking about the 49ers in this way. You know this is the Texas Tech Bowl, though, right? It is. The, We're back. If you remember, so a lot of you youngsters may not remember this. So after Crabtree left Texas Tech, he got drafted by the 49ers, and Texas Tech was a 49ers university. We all had Crabtree jerseys with the 49ers. A lot of Tech fans were 49ers fans. Right, because he was he was our guy. Because you know, if you're a TCU fan, you you went with the Bengals because of Andy Dalton. If you were a Baylor fan, you went with Washington because of RG three, uh, and so that was uh, Texas Colt McCoy, whatever team. I think he went to Arizona or whatever they they had there. Um, but those were the teams that you chose, right? A and M Aggies. They all did the Browns because of Manziel. So ours was the 49ers. We had crap. Ours was the 49ers. That was our guy. And he was with the 49ers for a long time. And now it's the Chiefs. We've all switched from the 49ers to the Chiefs. So I'm talking about the 49ers in this way. But if this was 2014, I would be saying, ah, screw the Chiefs. 49ers, baby. So, you know, that is uh, – so I just find that funny. This is the Texas Tech Bowl. Kerry Hyder, who used to play for the 49ers, unfortunately he's not there anymore. He's with the Texans now. Um, also was with the 49ers, though, for a while. Some people were 49ers fans still with that one. But, yeah, very interesting. But anyways, um, uh, so our prize picks prediction, Jeremy – we're going to do it just for the Baylor game. Who wins? Give me a score. Mm. I think that it's still going to be pretty funky uh, for Texas Tech after this week. If they are sick, if that's still there, you know, that's going to, they're going to be coming out of that. Baylor's on a hot streak right now. They are getting to play at home. Uh, I don't put any stock in them kind of overlooking Texas Tech at all. Uh, first of all, Scott Drew's no fool. McCaslin comes from his tree. So it's like he's going to realize that McCaslin's going to have his guys ready because if McCaslin didn't have his guys ready, Scott Drew wouldn't have been a good coach. <laughs> he wouldn't have been a good boss for McCaslin, right? That have been that That's bad fruit. So Baylor's going to be ready for this one. Um, I do think Baylor's going to win. I, I, I think it's going to be a lot closer, though. I do think it'll be like a two-point, three-point game at the end of it, but I do think that Baylor's going to win simply off of the presence that they have in the front, like their, their rebounding ability and the aggressiveness of that of that team. So I predicted us to lose against TCU, uh, and we did. I also predicted us to lose against um, Oklahoma, and we actually uh, won that game. I think we're going to win this game against Baylor. I'm explaining why. I do. Um one, I do think that McCaslin's going to watch the tape. He's going to figure some stuff out about how to defend against Biggs. He's a good guy. I think he also wants this game, wants this win against Baylor, against his old boss, against Skydra. I think he would, he would love to have it. Also, Baylor has good size. They do. I kind of think Baylor might be a tad overrated. Or let me rephrase. Maybe not overrated. They have a lot of talent at Baylor. Talent, pure, unadulterated talent. They're a young team. Their stars are young players. And their stars, especially recently, have shown a little bit of immaturity and not necessarily knowing how to 
win certain games, how to close down the stretch, how to do certain things. And they haven't really, like like I said, the Iowa State game is a loss if they have .2 seconds left on the clock. And if they would have lost that game, that would have been that would have been a situation where they would have lost four out of their last five. I mean, the only wins they've had, they had a like look, look at their wins. They're right now sitting at four and th- five and three in conference. Went out Oklahoma State, not tough to do. Went at home against home against BYU, home against Cincinnati, which apparently is harder than we thought. Um, at UCF, and then that last one, the best win of the season so far was that game against Iowa State. But they also have losses at K State, at Texas, and at home against TCU. This is going to be a game. Also, it's going to be up and down. I mean, Baylor is Ken Palm's uh, fourth-rated offense in the country. Texas Tech's 25th, but we like to get up and down the court, too. And I do think that actually plays into our favor a little bit more, the fact that we get up and down the court. The guy that worries me the most, even more than Walter, is Langston Love. I think if he gets going, then it's going to be a little bit of a problem. But flip side of that, if Chance McMillan gets going for us, watch out. So... Um, you know, I'm, and then also flip side of that is, is that Baylor's defense is not good. It's just, I don't know how else to describe it. Right. And actually I said ours was 25th. I was wrong. Ours is 13th in the country. Our offense is 13th to Baylor's fourth. Baylor's defense is ranked 74th in the country, according to Kempom. Ours is 85th. So kind of Spider-Man memes to both of us. And in both scenarios, Baylor is a little bit better. I, I kind of think we're going to be able to pull off this upset, this win here. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say Texas Tech pulls off the win at Baylor because I still question just how good Baylor is. All right? Now, sure, Baylor can – Baylor's supposed to win this game. So if they come off and they win this game, you know, ah, yeah, ha-ha, I'll be we showed you. But um, I do think that Texas Tech can get them one, can get them one here. I do think that we have – I think Walter is going to end up being the better pro. But I think right now, Pop is in his element. I think Pop right now is the better player, the better collegiate player. And if you do enough to try to get Pop off and McMillan and Toussaint and Walton get going, poo, buddy. Especially since this is not the best defense. So let's let's go. I do expect a high-scoring game. Give me – I'm going to go 92. 92. Dang. 80, 80, 88. 92, 88. What are they doing over there? Yep. Score buckets? 92, 88 is where I'm going. I think it's going to be high scoring. I love it. That would be incredible. We haven't scored 90 in a while since Oklahoma State. Yeah. 92, 88. That's where I'm going because I think, I think both teams got defensive problems. <laughs> and both teams like to play with pace. So, 92, 88. I'm going, I'm going high. I'm going big. Going big. Um, quick, any quick before we get off of here, any quick thoughts about the game against UCF? Uh, it's one that you. Sh- it's the one that you got. It's one you got to win. You know, home court has got to stay proficient. So I think it's one you got to win. Uh, we might be on a three-game losing streak at that point too. So the importance of that game against UCF would be I, cannot be understated. Cannot be understated, right? Like even if, if we if we beat Bonus Baylor, paper. yeah. I mean, you're the future professor. Um, if we if we beat Baylor, then you still want to win that game against UCF to continue the momentum heading into Kansas. If we lose to Baylor, buddy, we need that in the worst way. So either way, it's going to be an important game there. Um, UCF is a team, again, similar to Cincinnati. You definitely have surprised. They are fighting for their tournament lives. Every win is a 
for them, to me, if you ask me, for UCF, the tournament's already started because every win is that much more important uh, for them to make sure that they get something going here. Uh, they have a stud over there in Jalen Sellers. Jalen Sellers averaging 17 points a game. Um, he is just last – He's put up at least 18 points in three of his last four games. He is absolutely killing and, and balling out for them. Uh, no questions asked. So he's going to be a good uh, uh, a guy to be on the lookout for. Another guy is Darius Johnson. Um, those two guys really he, – he's putting up uh, 13 points, three assists, three steals a game – or two steals a game. Uh, those two guys really lead the force for, for UCF. So want to make sure that we calm them down. But you're right. We got to – that's almost going to be a must-win territory here pretty soon. Uh, anything else you want to say to the people? If I never hear the name Seamoss uh, Lacocious, I'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> What a way to end this episode. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was difficult. Oh, Lacocious. I'm like, what a what a obscene name to be playing so well That's right now. That's a good now. name. I'm know. tired. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Seamos, but it's S I M A S. It's like uh Acemus, which A B, yeah. you know, A B M A S. I'm just like Yeah. <laughs> and he played he played pretty well. That nice little step back. Uh, I couldn't even hate. I was like, you know. We ain't gotta talk about it. Anyways, that's all I got for me. So, for Jeremy, the People's Champ, this is your boy, I'll be sure. And you've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.